everyone, and welcome back to the Incontinent Veterans Podcast. I am your host, Archer. Thank you for coming back and joining us again today. And of course, as promised, here is our little podcast on how I became incontinent and a little bit of history on me so that hopefully you will feel willing to share your history. And this is how I've gotten to where I am. And this is not something to be embarrassed about. It is it is who I am now. And I, I don't I don't care that that somebody finds it disgusting. It's just, this is a part of my life. It's, it's what I have to deal with daily. And and if that bothers you, that's your problem. So here's a little bit of history about me. I was in the army for 10 years. Around my eight and a half year mark, I was serving overseas in a combat zone, working cleanup for a bunch of equipment. I was on a convoy and the convoy back was struck by a roadside bomb. And I was in the gunner seat of the vehicle sticking out of the top I was pulled in fast enough, before, but before we could really do anything, the truck in front of us was rolled, and we hit that truck in front of us. I got pinned um, between the back of the truck and the seat, one of the back seats, folded me over backwards in the wrong direction, and my bulletproof vest got caught on something, and it uh, proceeded to basically keep me pinned. In the end, I had a dislocated shoulder. Fractured cheekbones, two broken ribs, broken left leg, broken left wrist, concussion. But luckily I I had my helmet on so there was no fractures on the skull or anything. I had two um, two broken ribs on the other side. And the worst of the injuries was, of course, my broken vertebrae. I had fractured two vertebrae in my lower spine. I was unconscious until I awoke at the hospital in Germany. They told me I had been in and out, but I don't remember anything up until waking up. It had been a few days. Um, and I can't really remember exactly how long I was on a lot of drugs. So <laughs> I couldn't really remember exactly how long it had been. The less severe injuries, they started healing quickly, but over the next few months due to the other injuries needing to heal, my back got worse due to the immobilization and the two discs that had been, that were where the vertebrae were fractured, um, herniated and one ended up rupturing and completely, were just way too close to my spinal cord, but emergency surgery was able to fix the issue before there was any super bad damage. And I had the vertebrae replaced with like a fake bracket and then it was fused together. After that, I still had problems with feeling below the waist and the doctors found knee injuries as well. When I, once I got up and moving around, they needed to be repaired. So those had to be fixed before I could really get up and move around. And I need to go back through another recovery process and get to walking. And the problem was, is that I I just couldn't, I had to basically relearn how to walk completely. And after all of those fixes, it was, it was a lot of recovery and, and I have a hard time talking about it now. So (laughs) bear with me. I I apologize. And it it was, the pain was becoming more and more excruciating every day. It it was, it was tough. I had a, I had a hard time with it. I didn't really know um, how to handle the pain specifically. So the doctors kept telling me that, you know, therapy would help the pain subside. So I would battle on and eventually I would get my body going again. And that is just what I had to do in order to, to keep it going. But the pain never really left. It just kept coming back. I I couldn't move out of a seated or lying position without help. And, and I would fall as my left leg would give out on some occasions. And over the next three months, and uh, the next year and a half of recovery and months of study and found the, they found the issue. The ruptured disc had caused extensive nerve damage right on and near the spinal cord. Let me with a decision that I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's tough. I'm sorry. Let me with a procedure that 
would eliminate the pain, but um, we're unsure of what the side effects would be. Essentially, they were going to go in and do something called RF ablation. It's where they burn off the nerve endings to alleviate the pain. Um, unfortunately, they had never tried something on the large scale that they were going to do with me. The problem was that it can leave the parts of the body that it controls feeling numb and muscle control could be affected and it could be un unpredictable and uncontrolled, meaning that they were going, they were unsure of what the muscle reaction to the nerves basically being severed and cinched off would do. They did a bunch of tests and concluded that I would most likely lose some function of my leg and some feeling below the waist, but not too much that the reward of getting rid of the pain was was not enough to to do the surgery. Like it was definitely worth the risk. So I decided to go for it with it. The surgery was a success, but after the surgery and recovery, I was finally able to head home after a few few more days, a few more of recovery. They sent me home so that I could start coming back in for physical therapy. And this is where the incontinence stuff comes in. On the way home, I was in the car and I had an accident. My wife was very helpful. I was embarrassed, but the doctor told us that could have been the result of all the catheters and surgeries and tests and drugs and stuff. So I wasn't concerned at that point, but the problem got worse. I would have them repeatedly. So we got some protective garments from the doctors that, that eventually it would, it would come back. And I wore these. I would wear these until the issue stopped, but they didn't. Finally, we went back to the doctor. And after a few tests, we explained that the issues were a result of the nerve surgery that they could give us some medication or maybe an option for like a pump implant. And I would be a candidate for that. They're not sure if I would be a candidate for that because of the damage already done to the area and the fact that I didn't realize I needed to go when I went. So if I can't feel that I need to go, I can't use the pump correctly. So they didn't know if I'd be able to do that. So it was ruled out as being too dangerous. And then after a bunch of consulting and more tests, it was decided that my only options were an internal or external catheter, which I did for a while, but I kept getting infections and it was really uncomfortable and really embarrassing because stuff would leak, uh, pieces would break. I had that happen to me in the middle of a movie and the bag thing burst one time and uh, medications were causing me to feel sick and dehydrated and then some made me feel kind of weird and bloated type stuff. And so I, when we went back to the doctor, the doctor said, your only option is at this point is I can kind of cut ties with everything and I can prescribe you. Let's, let's be honest. He said, I'm going to prescribe you diapers. So at first I was depressed, embarrassed and angry. I didn't want to live life like that. I mean, who, who, what, you know, <clears throat> What guy who thinks highly of himself would want to live like that? I would get, um, I hated it. And I just really hated everything up until that point now. My wife wasn't really sure what to do to help. And I was alienating myself from my friends, my family that had been doing nothing but being supportive. So it was tough. Finally, I received a visit from somebody was a fellow soldier and one of my former lieutenants and uh he had been in our command he was injured as well and he had lost a leg from the knee down he explained to me that he had what he'd been doing 
working on becoming a trainer for disabled people and working with disabled soldiers transitioning from the army. He sat down with me for hours that day and told me about how he understood how I felt and that he realized that my disabilities are, are more internal and that many people won't understand them and that that is all they are though, is that they're disabilities. He said something that kind of, that sticks with me today that, and that is if you're going to let something s stupid as this ruin your life, your family and everything around you, you're not a fraction of the man that I thought you were the fraction of the man that I'd seen in action because that man was great. He led soldiers into bad situations, made tough decisions that could have gotten people killed, even disobeying commands to save others and taking the rap for it. He's not here right now. He's not sitting on the couch. He wouldn't be unshaven, unshowered, feeling sorry for himself. He would get up, get over himself and get on with his life. If you're no longer that man, then I can't be here because I can't watch someone slowly implode like this. It's pathetic. At first, I was pretty angry. I yelled at him and told him to get out of my house. But what I didn't know is that he called my wife every day to check in. Little by little, his words ate at me and began to feel like I needed to prove him wrong. It started with a doctor's appointment where I told the doctor I didn't want any more surgeries or medicines or equipment. He just prescribed me through the VA the stuff I would need. I started changing my diet and my habits and even started working out again in the garage, which was a step with some of the weights and stuff that I had. And over the next year, I was still not really communicating with my wife or my family, but I was mending it and she noticed. Last year I was sitting in my living room watching TV and that same guy came to the door. It's not really angry anymore, but I'm not necessarily happy to see him either. I let him in and he started asking questions, what I had been up to over the last few months and such. I gave him short answers, but when he left, he gave me a piece of paper and some contact info for a counselor at the VA. I turned it down and I threw it away. And after a few weeks, my wife had almost reached her limit with my behavior and my attitude, and I was still embarrassed and I was angry, but I didn't want her to leave, so I agreed to go to the counseling. This is where I got lucky, I guess. The guy that I went to, he was great. After a few short months, I was starting to turn around. As my wife, I guess, kind of put it, I was less angry and was willing to go out and do things, simple things like movies and stuff, but it, it was a start. We would have friends over and no one would ever say anything about my condition or the obvious fact that I was wearing what I was wearing. Everyone was really supportive in, in fact, and I, I got invited to on a hunting trip by friends. I told him I wasn't sure if it was a good idea deal, <laughs> considering what I had to deal with and that he said he was fine. No one would care that I would be spending all my time in a deer stand anyway. So I went and things got slowly better. My counselor started recommending that I take part in a few events, talking about my recovery and the, the time that, you know, the, the strains and the challenges that I had overcome in relationships and everything. So pretty much that brings me to now. I started school back up last semester and I've been working towards a physical education master's while I coach various sports around town and through the Y. And I'm also an event coordinator and volunteer to talk with military recoveries from all sorts of issues that this is where I got the idea of kind of for doing this. I realized that Incontinence is a extremely taboo issue, and it shouldn't be. It is a disability. People talk about a mental about mental disorders. People talk about physical ailments all the time. So whether it be a story like mine or something else completely different, I am here to support those that are like me, or those that just have problems that they don't want to talk about, or that feel embarrassed. No one should. We're all here to support you, this whole community. What I'm trying to build, help, advice, support. Stripping away the public's view on the issue, specifically my issue, I'm in my 30s. 
I'm not in my 70s or my 80s. This is not because of old age. This disability doesn't affect only the old or the mentally disabled or the severely physically disabled. It can affect anyone. You might not even know it. You know, a secretary at work, a warehouse guy that drives a forklift or a CEO at a major company even. If you have this issue, then it is, it's not something to hate or to be angry about. It is not something feel great about or embracing or anything. That's not what I'm saying. It's what I'm saying is you're not as alone as you think. And we're all here and we're all in it together. So that's all for now, though. <laughs> it's been a tough, that was a tough episode. <laughs> uh, next show, we're hopefully going to have some more comments and messages or emails. And I know I said I was going to get into more of the management side of things, but I decided that since this one was a little bit longer than I thought, I, I would push that together with next show and also use the management section and kind of talk about products and stuff like that. And so I only have limited amount of space with the hosting service. So in the event that I start running out of space, I will use archives on the blog to kind of post things and show you where to go to get to those. And you can always email me if you missed an episode at the continent veteran at gmail.com. Find that on our webpage, uh, the incontinent veteran.com. That's it for now, everybody. And thank you for sticking through this with me. It was tough for me. And, uh, Hopefully uh, it eased minds, and uh, I appreciate all the listeners. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for going to the website. Appreciate that, and uh, I'll, I'll leave you with this, and it was a quote that I, I read this week, and I thought it kind of fit in here well, and that is, the pessimist is one who makes difficulties of his opportunities, and an optimist is one who makes opportunities of his difficulties. So with that, have a wonderful two weeks, and uh, we'll see you back here on the first. Thank you.